We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayus, at Nick Dayus10 on all social media outlets. My guy is in the building. How you, how you feeling, Zach Wilson? <laughs> Man, a lot of rookie, a lot of young quarterbacks struggled yesterday. They did, they did, they did. Not I, Ippy's here, though, because I said my guy, Zach Wilson, so maybe they're like, oh, shit. He got I, I almost wore the jersey again. Yeah? I'm not backing down. You're not backing down, right? Belichick crushes rookie quarterbacks. Bad. Home, away, don't matter. It doesn't matter. Neutral field, Yo, la- practice field. Last year, the Chargers, 45-3. to With Herbert. Crazy, right? Yeah. Just every, everybody. The only one that he hasn't gotten was Mahomes. They played that, like, wild shootout. But he wasn't a rookie. He wasn't a rookie. You're right. But it was his first start. But, yeah, man. No. His first start was the year before. But I'm saying it was his first start against the Pats. Got it. So it was the first time that the Pats saw him, he saw the Pats. But it was funny because I immediately was texting you yesterday. You did, and I answered right away. You know what kind of frustrated me? I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about it. We don't have to spend that much time on that game. But I don't even know what we're going to talk about at what point. But I want to just say this. The Jets' running attack, bro, did very well yesterday. I I feel like it was kind of a letdown by the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. What was it that upset you? Michael Carter, 5.4 yards per carry. Ty Johnson, 4.2 yards per carry. Tevin Coleman, 4.8 yards per carry. Pretty much five yards per carry and four yards per carry from three different running backs. They have a committee approach. It's just I feel like they set him up for failure in a sense that the game wasn't out of reach. If you watch that game, they were still in it at halftime despite all the interceptions. It was still a close game. The Jets' defense came to play yesterday, and I feel like they were trying to do too much. You know? Which was dope because Jets have been just shanked by defensive injuries. Left and right. And so I was very impressed with the defense. And even Simmons said it, who's obviously a massive Patriots guy. He said, like, the Jets' defense was in his face the whole game, in, in Mac Jones' face all whole game. Um, and so I, I just felt like 
I have all the confidence in the world in Zach Wilson, but I do feel like he's a rookie playing against one of the best defensive minds of all time. And, you know, he threw a lot of interceptions yesterday. I think it was four. But one of them, you know, I watched that game very closely. One of them went right, one of the balls went right through Corey Davis's hands. Granted, he had like a check down that he should have won to, I think. He tried to make the bigger play. Mm. Nonetheless, the receiver was open. It just The ball just went right through his hands. Another ball was like a, a, a tip pass, and there was a deflection. A couple of them were just terrible throws, like... There were some that, that just were bad. I'm not. I'm awful. not taking that away from him. But I, then, if you fast forward to that Sunday night football game, Lamar threw a pick that was egregious too. It's a triple coverage. Burrow Burrow threw three picks on three straight passes. Yeah, that was wild. That Bears D and DFS. It, I couldn't believe that shit. It, it it was a weird day all around. You know, I'm not Tua gets hurt yesterday. Like it was just a very weird day for young quarterbacks and. I just I chalk it up to like the game plan. I think it, I think they shouldn't have as shouldn't have been as aggressive. Rookie quarterback against Belichick, you're you're down your best player, your left tackle, your best offensive lineman. He's not playing like I just and you're running the ball so well. You know what I mean? I just felt like they should have played a little bit more of a closer, mm. you know, a, a closer knit type type of game, as opposed to trying to air it out. You know, like that his time will come to do that. You know, you don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to throw the ball. How many times did he throw the ball yesterday? Well, it's interesting how they were able to to get you know if you, if you get four yards per carry, it kind of equates to getting a first down every three downs, right? So you don't need to throw as much as as they were. the 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 thing that sucked the most were some of those interceptions were so bad. Yes, and then also, I might be looking into this too much, but what do you make of a crowd booing him? Is that just being in New York? Yeah, it's also just like. Four picks, I know, bro. And it, it's and, just weird because it's the home <clears throat> opener. It's the first time you see him, the new guy in town. It's like it's New York, booed. man. It's tough. Yeah, it but you know tough. what I loved after the game? You know what he said? And he goes, "I should have got booed." Got I would feel the same that. way, you know. Like, yeah, it's a different story if you know, if you didn't throw four picks. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's a different story. But I mean, yo, he took he single handedly kind of took them out of the game yesterday. I think it was thirteen three at halftime, and. Again, it was a very it was a closer game than people. Twenty five six at the end of the game. It was thirteen three at halftime. The Patriots only scored nine points in the third quarter, and they scored three points in the in, in the they scored one touchdown the entire game. Yeah, Nick Folk revenge. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if 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 you know if the offensive attack changes a little bit next week. Maybe that was the game plan. Maybe the game plan was like we need to kind of go vertical down the field on them and, and make some big chunk plays. Maybe that was the case. I'm not sure, but again, the defense played really well. You know, it's I know the Jaguars and the Jets play each other at some point this year. It's another dude that's been struggling too. It's different when your receivers aren't wide open. Your receivers aren't wide open. You're playing professional football players. And also, the the weapons. What weapons would you rather have, Jacksonville or the Jets? Probably Jacksonville. The re- Jets don't have much of a run game, in terms of like, what do they say about when you have three running backs, you have none? Uh, well, They're, they mostly say that about quarterbacks. Like, if you got you got too many quarterbacks, I think like, in any position. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I like the kid they drafted, Michael Carter out of UNC. He'll probably kind of you know take more and more carries. Um, Matt, Jets have like one pretty good receiver, one rookie, Elijah Moore. Mm. I don't know. 
ETN injury hurts. That's a good question, though. I'm not sure how to answer that. Who has better weapons? I would say it's close. You know, now that I think about it, I think it's Jacksonville. Chark, Chenault, Marvin Jones connected on a touchdown yesterday. James Robinson. James Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, it's two teams where I think you got to be patient with these guys, man. Because, you know, the last thing you don't want to do is just completely just ruin a dude's confidence. And there's no coming back from that. Nope. Bro, I was thinking about you all day yesterday. One, because you're my guy. Two, when Tua got hurt. Not that we were we never wish injury on anyone. But one thing that you said on that episode last week, you're like, yo, I've seen enough to know that Tua is not the guy. I started replaying conversations we had with Allen, too. Like, yo, maybe those Watson rumors were real. Of course. Maybe they did want him. Because, man, he, he just looks like he can't make throws, bro. He's got to work inside the numbers. And that's cool if you build your offense around that, but you're still limiting yourself. Yeah. It's like, again, as I said last week, it's, 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 it's RPO, one read, maybe two. Throw it away or run. It's a very college offense. Mm. And again, if you're Lamar Jackson and, you, and you're and you one of the most lethal runners of all time at the quarterback position, that's a different story. Yeah. You know what I mean? For and sure. Lamar also has a hose, too. He's a great deep ball thrower. Yeah. So I'm not comparing two. I'm just saying if you want to have that type of a RPO, quick read offense, that's fine. But I think the athlete needs to be a little bit better. And two is kind of injury prone. So, and I'm sure, you know, he's not the biggest guy either. You know, I'm not saying Lamar's big, but he's freaking lightning. And so is Kyler Murray in a way too. You know, he's, he's like faster than everybody else. Yeah. So, um, I hate to say it. And you, and to your point, you hate, you hate wishing injury upon anyone and, and, and no one is, but it's tough. It's, it's tough. You know, 35, nothing. They got the doors blown off yesterday. Dude, my dad texted me at like 1130. I don't know if you saw my tweet. Oh yeah. He, he, he was, was on like, the bills yesterday, like, right? Hey, I kind of like Buffalo. They lost last week. I think they bounced back here. Miami won. I was like, ah, home opener. It's South Beach. It feels kind of trappy. I'd stay away from that one. Text me at like 3.30. He goes, how about that trap? I was like, damn, Pop. Why are you doing this to me, dog? We're part of the, one of the reasons why you're worried is just teams when they go to Miami. You know, it's the Miami flu. Is that one of the things that is yeah, that in the back also, of your head? It was, it was weird. Yeah, that. But also it was weird because... Why is Buffalo favored? Like, Buffalo was favored in Miami. Three and a half. It just, it was a line that just felt like they which, wanted you to take Buffalo. Which means they're actually a six and a half point favor on a neutral field, correct? Yes. So. Yeah. And then in Buffalo, they'd be a nine and a half point favorite. Yeah. So, right before kickoff, they show a graphic on one of those uh, web, not websites, but one of those like pregame shows. I forgot mm-hmm. which one I had. Josh Allen's most successful games have been against Miami. I was like, oh, that's a nice graphic to see right beforehand. I was glad to see that he bounced back a bit. I mean, that's why I think you could take Buffalo for real. I was very impressed with Buffalo yesterday. Yeah, they beat the shit out of Miami. And did they luck out because Tua got hurt? I, I won't debate you on that. However... If you're a team that is serious, if you're a team that you want to have Super Bowl aspirations, you need to do what Buffalo did. You go in to a division game on the road, coming off a loss. They're feeling good. They're coming off a win against a team that's been dominating them for 20 fucking years. Yep. And you beat the shit out of them, right? Loved what happened in Cleveland. 
right? You lose. You come home. You're playing the Texans. You're not looking past them. Yeah, you fell behind a little bit. You had that scare, another scare. A lot of scares with the quarterbacks yesterday, bro. Baker, Tua. Yeah. Uh, uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. We'll get the car in a little bit. We'll get the car in a little bit. You saw my tweet? Shout out to my guy, Kenny, man. Kenny King Jr. sent me this shirt a while back. I had to wear it because Raiders 2-0. He's been letting me know, man. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Shouts to Kenny, though. But all these guys go down, and then Baker comes back, and they go back to what works. Ground and pound. With play Chubb, action, play action, and then bam, you beat them. Yeah, they were they were losing at at some point in the second quarter because my boy, T-Mobile, Ty God. I'm just saying, man. And, Yo, and what is so he now? Fun. What is he now? Top top twelve to fifteen quarterback of the league? Well, no, he got hurt. Now I think it's uh, it's um, yeah. it's what's his name's time? No, I can't think of his name. Is it Mills or Wells? Davis Mills. Mills, yeah. So I heard. Um, I heard that the Patriots were going to take him if Mac Jones was off the board. Stop. I swear to God. Where? Not though? maybe not at, uh, maybe not there, but you know maybe like a Jimmy G pick, second round, end of the first, something like that. That was the guy that had links links to Belichick, but hmm. Mac Jones fell to them, and then the rest is history. Um, Slow down. The rest is history. Like he won fucking four Super Bowls, bro. Just, he's, it's going to be good. You like Mac, right? Yeah. He's very. He's he's. he's the, He's a Belichick guy. He's a Belichick and, and McDaniel's guy in, in terms of um, he's 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 a computer. He could process information better than anybody else. You know, I think all of those like reports out of New England of like him teaching Cam the playbook. I think there was some truth to that. I don't know if he was maybe teaching him the playbook, but you know, I think there were certain plays that were built out for 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 Mac, and there were certain plays that were built out for Cam. And I think obviously Mac had like a better understanding and a, a stronger a grasp of, of some of those types of plays. And so may, maybe in that capacity, but he's just a machine. You can just see him processing information. Cerebral, not, right? Like yeah, before the great. snap two already, he's this, not, he's this second start. Yes. He's not a great athlete. He doesn't have a hose, but he's extremely, who does, I mean, who, who does that remind you of? Like Brady has a hose. So, you know, we'll, we'll take him off the, off the, you know, out of the conversation, but He's a quarterback that is extremely accurate and he's extremely smart. You know what I mean? Like, you could make that work. Yeah. Make it work. And their offense isn't vertical anyway, really, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, they're built. They're built very similar to Cleveland, but Cleveland got way better weapons. Way. Cleveland better. got guys that could win one-on-one battles. Yeah. Where I don't know if the Patriots really do. Yeah. The tight ends maybe, but again, depending on what the matchup is. Yeah. Um. Damian Harris looks great. He does. Um, he'll probably win some people some fantasy leagues, I think. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna two tight end you to death. They're gonna run the ball up the middle, run play action, and then run those those short and intermediate routes. And you know, I I think Mac is set up pretty well. Ah, yes, NFL football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore because TickPick. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I cannot wait to use TickPick 
to go to a game this year. And in particular, not a Giants game because I'm done with them until proven otherwise. I'm not going to waste my money to just go be miserable for three and a half hours and then sit in traffic in the Lincoln Tunnel on the way back. Thanks a lot, Dave Gettleman. But I plan on going to Vegas a couple times this football season. And I'm looking forward to going to that new Raiders stadium, go to a game out in Vegas, see what that vibe is like. First season with fans for the Raiders stadium. So that's probably where I'll be using my tick pick services. And I'm sure they'll have me covered. So if you want to go to a game this year, visit tickpick.com slash VM today and use the promo code VM to save $10 on your first order of NFL tickets. That is VM as the promo code to get $10 off your first order of NFL tickets. So was it right? Was it during the four o'clock games or was it during the one o'clock games? You text me about Derek Carr. I saw some stat. No, it must have been after the game. It had to be after the game because I saw his stats. You saw his stats. And what was it that you text me? MVP. Right now, MVP. Exaggeration. Yeah. Because then you texted me back with three names. I text you back with three names. One of one of the three took a loss. Loss. So I text you back Russ, Brady, and Kyler Murray. Um, I'll be honest with you. When you said that, I was like, nah, what is this kid? This kid's just trying to, like, you know, p- pull a rabbit out of his ass, send me some wild shit. You know, you're known for these, like, wild, wild, co- and correct, hot, correct takes on MVP. And then at halftime of the 4 o'clock games, Went and took a poop, pulled up the stats, leads the league in passing, and they've needed every single one of them yards. See, that's the thing that I love most about the two games so far. He, If you watch the games, first of all, one was a standalone on primetime. Uh-huh. Everyone saw. Yep. It was a great game against a good defense. Mm-hmm. And then, not for nothing, <laughs> that's another really good defense as well that they played. Though... They were without well, three starters yeah. to start the game, and then they lost Watt during the game. And Alulua, Alulua, it's like the defensive tackle, I believe. Uh, he's he's out now for the year for Pittsburgh. And I was talking to Danny, our buddy Danny. He's a huge Steeler fan. He's like, dude, that might, he might be just as valuable as TJ Watt on that team. But he's like the unsung hero, right? Yeah. For the most part, those kind of guys don't really get as, as much uh, hype as the other guys. But then... I went and I was looking. I was like, damn, yo, you know, they got the one Henry Ruggs game. It seems like Henry Ruggs pops off for one game like that a year. I, I think I mentioned it to you earlier on that they're really making a point of emphasis to get him involved because they look that pick looks bad. Yeah, when you see all the guys, because he was the first wide receiver taken. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Gruden and Mayock are, are, are those are, those are, you know, they've hitched their wagons to him. Um, he fits great with Waller because Waller's just getting double teamed all the time. And he's still making crazy catches. It's like 15 targets a game. Or what whatever. about my boy Hunter? Hunter Renfro? Yo, he's Mr. elite between Mr. two third to nine down. yards. Missed the third down, too. But Derek Carr, after two games, completing 67% of his passes against good defenses, tough matchups, right? All that. So completing 67% of his passes. Over 800 passing yards and four touchdowns. And the Raiders are 2-0, man. And he has the most passing yards in a two-game span in Raiders franchise history. It's two games, but 
he played well last year. I want to say for about half the year. And then I think he got hurt. Or well, the whole team played well last year. Six and, and four. Then, I think they were like six and four ish. Yeah, they were above five hundred. They were in. I don't want to say cruise control, but they were. They the were wild playing card. really well. Yeah, they yeah. were destined for the wild card, and then shit just hit the fan. And then from there, they kind of fell apart. And then you look at what happened this offseason. They were one of the teams whose moves really didn't make a lot of sense. I know one of my favorite plays was the under seven and a half wins. And look, they've exceeded expectations so far because they've won two games in which, you know, as a betting fan and people that are familiar with betting know that when you're expected to be an underdog, you're expected to lose those games. So they're 2-0 and oh, where as a fan, when you get the... The schedule, you're like, oh, win-win. Ah, damn, in Seattle, 12-man primetime, probably going to lose that one. In, in Foxborough, probably going to lose that one, right? Everyone does that. Now, if you're a Raider fan, you got to be loving it at 2-0. and You won two games that, in a, in a very optimistic perspective, right, you probably were like 1-1. One one. You'd probably be thrilled with 1-1. One 1-1, and one. One and one, you're like, yo, best-case scenario, we're 1-1, one one, good. No season-ending injury for anybody, we're chilling. You know? By the way, no Jacobs last week. Yeah. So I'm again, you know, just trying to kind of find, you know, points of emphasis here in terms of like what can kind of elevate his stock for the MVP. But I just think, you know, he's he's doing it on the big stage, big games. You know what I mean? Close games, mm-hmm. right? Like crazy highlight throws to the the rugs bombs look insane. He fits next to Walter pretty well. You know what I mean? I think I think they're on to something there. Um but even when he went down, you can see the teammates rushing over to make oh, sure he yeah. was okay. Like he has, he seems to have a great relationship with Gruden, like hugging him. And I don't know, man. I'm hyped. Look, they may not even make the playoffs, but I just think you know he's he should be in the discussion. Um, you know, Kyler for sure, though. I would say is probably number one. Or Brady. Dude, Brady, Tommy, terrific. Seems like they're really trying to pat his stats. Yo, yes, yes, yo. So I'm watching that game in the afternoon, and anytime they're inside the 10, it's like, yo, Fournette, you're not touching this shit. I mean, and to be fair, like... And they, if you are, I'm checking it down to you. They haven't looked great. The running backs haven't really looked great either. No, they haven't. So it's like... And, and, some of the injuries on defense, I don't want to say are piling up, but you can move the ball on Tampa Bay. Yeah. The big issue is... Who the hell do you stop on their offense? Because Gronk now has four touchdowns. A.B. was very quiet yesterday, but it was the Mike Evans game. Yeah, Godwin seems to be, in my opinion, how do you feel, the number one target on that team? The safest? I mean, you're just mean from... I, I mean, like, he's the guy who... I can't see him having a one-catch game. Like, or, or two targets. Yeah. Like, I think he's going to be a guy like Cooper Cup with the Rams. Yeah, he's also there. It's it's a little different because he's clearly the best weapon on their team. Whereas here, it's like you could have the Mike Mike Evans pop off. You could have Gronk, A. B. You got Godwin. Well, I think Godwin is the most consistent yeah. best weapon on that team. I would agree with you there for sure. Mike Evans is the red zone guy, or more of a red zone guy. Yeah. Gronk as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I- then when you get inside the red zone, it's just they're passing to pad the stats. He has nine touchdowns so far. Yeah, he's the fourth favorite. And and some books to win MVP, ten to one at Fanduel, uh, DraftKings he's like nine to one. Win bet plus seven fifty, and it's just like yo, right now is he not the safest, dude? This week to look ahead a little bit, they play the Rams this week in LA. 
That might be the only game that they'll be an underdog in. And that might close out like a pick em. Because people are going to see, oh, shit, the Bucks are an underdog. How many chances am I going to have to bet on Brady as an underdog? That kind of impy logic. Like, yo, it's true. Brady as an underdog, I'm going to bet that every time. Which, which is not wrong. I yeah. agree with that. I would say the defense will lead to like a lot of high-scoring games because the Cowboys put up, what, 29? Mm-hmm. Right? And then the Falcons had... It was 28-25 in the fourth quarter. Or was it eight late third quarter? It was like 28-23, and then there was... You know, he threw two pick sixes to the same guy. Yeah. And that game was a lot closer than people thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm with you on the defense. I think there's some question marks there. And to your point, it'll only help his case. I'm... Am I crazy for worrying about like a couple of things? One, does this change when the weather changes? I mean, granted, there are ta- there as the season progresses, you know, it gets a little bit more difficult to throw the ball, and we kind of saw what happened with them last year. As the season progressed, they kind of you know went more you know bigger sets, tried to protect him a little bit more, and, and kind of operate the offense that way. So, are the numbers going to dip? Are you worried about an injury with his age? Are you worried about are they? You know, are they going to be extra cautious because they know this is a playoff team? Like, those are some of the things that I'm thinking about. But so I you do. think they pull back a little bit? I mean, like if they if they're, if they're on the fence about him playing a week or two, right? Like, don't you think if they have a three game lead on the division, whatever, they I'm sure they'll be a little bit more cautious to say the least, considering that they know that Super Bowl or bust. Well, last year they won all their games on the road. All right, <laughs> they won at Washington, at New Orleans, at Green Bay. Crazy conditions in Green Bay. Really cold weather game over there. That NFC title game. I don't think that shit matters. Not at all, right? Not at all. I think their main concern is let's just get into the playoffs, win our division. So maybe we do have a home game because they had a home game in the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It was in it was in Tampa Bay. But for them, it gotta just be let's let's just get to the playoffs healthy. I know it's weird sometimes when you talk about teams in week two about the playoffs, but that that seems to be. For them, just such a shoe in unless Brady goes down. Yeah. Dude also doesn't get hit. Like, yo, how many times can you remember Brady getting popped? I mean, like... The rules changed. The rules have changed, but just in general. Like, dude doesn't... He gets the ball out really quickly. Gets the ball out quick. His awareness is A1. The O-line is good. They do a good job of, of, of protecting him, to your point. Yeah, they just... And he's just a guy... I'll never forget when he tore his ACL in 08. He said that two years after that, he won the MVP, 2010, the year that the Jets beat him in Foxborough, right? Remember the Jets lost like 43 nothing on Monday Night Football, and then Rex Ryan and the Jets mm-hmm. went in there. Okay, after that offseason, they asked him something about – because remember, Brady, Brady was like 32, 33 at that point. Mm-hmm. Yo, Brady's really had three different careers. And I think the, his best numbers are in the latter portion. Yeah. So they asked him about how he feels, longevity and all that. This is right around the time when TB12 is starting to cook up. And he said missing that year, not having to go through a training camp, not getting hit, battered and bruised, is going to extend my career. And now you're looking like, dude might break the touchdown record the He's way they're going. 44. He's 44. He has nine so far. The record's 55 by Peyton. You have the extra game. I mean, the on-pace thing, he's he surpassed it before game 17. Yeah. The way it's going now. And if he wins, and so wrapping this up, if he win, if he breaks that record, he wins MVP. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You would have you're gonna break a record like that and you're not gonna give him MVP? 
I think he's the safest bet right now. I see plus 550 now. So it's probably changed. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's one book, sports points bet, but. Yeah. Um, Kyler, though. The offense. That's, there's just, they have burners everywhere. I love Rondell Moore. You love Christian Kirk. We all love DeAndre Hopkins. He's healthy. What about the OG? AJ Green. Chase Edmonds. AJ Green's like the grandfather on the yeah. team. Yo, just get him a Yo, touchdown here. It's crazy because be he's only really like three years older than me. So what's that say about? Right? He's like 32, 33 years old. But he's the older head of the bunch. Yeah. And I think Kyler. Kyler is the most difficult quarterback to prepare for. It's not Lamar anymore. It hasn't been Lamar for a while, I think. Because Kyler is just such a better passer than he is. Yeah. He and you can't touch him. <laughs> he just runs a Yo, hit. do you think him playing baseball allows him to make some of the throws that he makes off balance? Of like course. the one the one throw that he rolled out to his left and he threw it to Rondell Moore. Granted, Moore is open by like thirty yards. Exaggerating, but he was really he open. Threw a strike though. Yeah, it was a missile. That shit looked like it was five yards off the ground. Just it's Mah- but that's the Mahomes thing. That's the Mahomes Russell Wilson. You know, these quarterbacks that... Played baseball. Different arm angles. Huh. You know, you don't have to... If you have a strong enough arm and, and, and you know you have that, 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 that whip, right? If you have that built in, you know, you may not have to, like, you know, step up in the pocket and, and have all of those, like, traditional types of throwing motions when you have a cannon. It's like, mm. you know, that's kind of the Mahomes thing. Granted, it sometimes it doesn't look, you know, pretty. You know, last night was, was an example of that where he kind of just threw that... That pick, right, where he's getting taken down and he throws yeah. the pick anyway. He takes a little, you know, takes some chances. His Mahomes, he could do that. But yeah, just the arm angles, all of that. Two and zero, one and zero at home. Four hundred yards again, right? Two weeks back to back, I think. A um, couple picks, but he rushed for thirty yards. Yeah, MVP. I mean, <clears throat> if they you've given us like four different names, bro, for MVP. Derrick Henry. <clears throat> He ran all over them he in the went second bananas, half. Yeah, and he and what I loved about that, by the way, is like I felt like they were throwing him the ball more. Yeah, he has nine catches in the first two weeks. It's like yo, it's so it's clear as day. At least I think in the past, Derrick Henry's on the field. You know they're running the ball. Yeah, Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Like they're doing a better job of I think being a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, not unconventional, but you know. Making you second guess or think about it. Yeah. Or now, oh, maybe we got to leave a guy in there to, to worry about him coming out. Seattle, they just find ways, right? It's tough. That's a that's a bad loss for them, dude. They're up 30 to 16. A lot of drops by A.J. Brown. He put out a tweet. He's like, yo, my family was cutting my ass. Like, I wouldn't be able to catch COVID if I was around people that had it. Because he had a lot of big drops. Lockett just was running wild yo fantasy fantasy football experts and and fans have been saying this for years and it's become a big transition the last three to four years now where you put your best wide receivers in the slot closer to the quarterback it's not that their slot like the traditional explanation of a slot receiver was your Wes Welkers Wayne Krebetz uh, Julian Edelman's guys that only lined up there and never would go to the outside. Now that's completely different. Now you put your best wide receiver in the slot to run his routes from there. Mm-hmm. 
mismatches with other defensive players. Like you that. might get linebackers or safeties or, or the third or fourth corner, which now, you know, if you're if you're a nickel corner, you're basically a starter because mm-hmm. every team plays with three yeah. wide receiver sets. But, dude, you look at some of the receivers right now. Cooper Cup out the slot, absolutely just savage, Yeah, right? He's probably never going to make your top 10 wide receiver list. If you were to rank, like, yo, who are your, your, the 10 best wide receivers, right? Cooper Cup won't make it. But he's so fucking productive. And reliable. And reliable. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. What about this guy this year? Breakout year so far. Leads the league in receiving yards. Tyler Lockett? No, Debo Samuel. Oh, dude. Your boy. Yeah. I started him this week. <laughs> started him this week. I think, I think the Tyler Lockett thing has a lot to do with DK Metcalf, though. He's so good. He's a matchup nightmare. You... He looks good because DK Metcalf's on the other side. Whether he's right in the lining up next to him or you know on the on the outside on the other end, I I th- I don't I think I, I mean don't get me wrong I'm a fan of Tyler Lockett but I do think having a really great wide receiver on the other side helps out. Definitely doesn't hurt. Definitely doesn't hurt. Yeah, but the only reason why I had hesitation briefly was because Tyler Lockett was getting it done without DK Metcalf there. Lat what two years ago I guess. Yeah, or even like a young. You Metcalf know, had a good year last year, too, though. He did. He did. Some growing pains in year one. He really got going in the playoffs. He had that big game mm-hmm. in Philly, and that's when the the Metcalf boners were starting to happen for people. They score on the blown coverage the, on the Freddie Swain touchdown. The, the, he was naked down the left side. Yeah. Line. Um, and you think, oh, okay, here's Tennessee, and you're going to lose this game. And they they keep battling, they keep battling. And yo, um, they kept they kept one thing that they did that they haven't done in years past is the moment they go down two touchdowns, they would stop running Derrick Henry. They kept running, and they kept they didn't change their offense. He was running bit. people over in the secondary yeah. the entire second half. I was I I was glad that you know they, they stuck to what they knew. What about Julio? Oh my God, yo, how is that not a touchdown, bro? The feet, the 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 back back end zone. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a touchdown too. I don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know. Maybe his the cleats? I love how one of the replays that they were showing... The guy was already on the ground, so you couldn't see that second foot come down. It's like, dude, NFL, $9 billion company. Shitty. Can you get us some better camera angles? I'm looking at it now. His foot was in. Yeah. Rough day for the, for the stripes yesterday. Yeah. 
Oh my! I, the taunting calls are all terrible. That's and that's your owner's fault. Bro, my owner, Maras. It's the, the Maras? Maras. Yeah. Supposedly, there's a lot of speculation, and it came out. I think this morning. Oh, yo, you're right because the the Browns and the Bear. Uh, They're Browns on the competition the, committee. Committee. The Browns and the Giants did a joint pa- practice, and it came up. Someone put a compilation together, one that you can watch at work and be. Put a compilation together of Mara saying what he said, and then Odell with the Giants doing all his, you know, the fun shit that made him the most followed NFL player. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? On social media, he has the most followers of any player in the NFL by like a landslide. That's why, he, bro, he goes overseas, he chills with Neymar and Danny Alba and like all these like soccer players and shit. And he's marketable. He's the biggest star that the NFL has is Odell Beckham Jr. He's not, he's not the best player in the league, but one of the reasons why is because, like, yo, it's it's fun. You let a dude show emotion and passion. And those penalties, I wasn't even going to get into the taunting because it, like, it kind of didn't cross my mind. But, yo, we have all these camera angles, and you still get that call wrong. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a clear touchdown. Yeah. I didn't even play him on DraftKings yesterday, which was so not on brand for me. And, of course, he goes off. That was a good match. The, Se- the Seattle matchup, right? You yeah. would have figured who had the that's a, a Yeah, that's shootout. why I thought A.J. Brown was going to do well, but Dudzilla for me. Yeah, no, there's this video. It was, it, it was recorded on August 17th. It's like preseason, whatever yeah, the case yeah. is. Um, he was talking about how, like, on the on, as part of the competition committee, they really didn't like the taunting. And then I saw a compilation. I mean, I watched most of them on Red Zone and, and, and bits and pieces of different games, but... Some of those calls are brutal. You're like, one of them was a first down. The guy spins the ball on the floor. Not even in anyone's face. He just caught a first down and then, like, did the spin. You know what I mean? It's like, I understand if you're, like, getting in someone's face and bumping them or whatever. But, like, just being able to talk or say something, like, talk a little bit of shit. Come on, man. Like, yo, it's in the heat of the moment. Like, come on. Just, you're not getting physical. You're just talking. Like, it's part of the game. It's It's bad. We want we want our athletes to be authentic and raw and give us exactly how they feel, right? Until they do so. Then we get upset about it. Yeah. What's an issue that a lot of people have with some of these post post game, post fight news conferences? Team played great, coach coached as well. We knew the game plan, we executed. It's all vanilla, just like missionary shit, just like mad basic. Mad Belichick. Then, then yeah, Belichick, Patriot away, right? It don't resonate with the audience, bro. But then when you have Richard Sherman in the NFC title game makes the biggest play of his career, they go to the Super Bowl, and it just so happens to be against the dude that was talking mad shit about him. Aaron Andrews, poor poor girl, comes up, puts the mic in front of him. It's like, Sherm, how do you feel about what just happened? 45 seconds ago, just makes the biggest play of his career. And he, you know, he cuts the wrestling promo. Yeah. And people are like, oh, my God, how can he do this? Terrible. It's like, dude, what, what do you want? What do you want from them? Yeah, it's do a violent game. That, but do you want the vanilla answer where it's boring and mad cliche and all the, how we do the, the draft talks, like good footwork, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, good composure, like all that shit? Or do you want actual insight and actual them? Personality. Personality, bro. It's tough. No fun league. So when a, when a guy gets a 20-yard touchdown and it wins the game, you're telling me, 
Stephon Diggs was when he scores that uh, miracle in Minnesota, Minneapolis miracle or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. You want him to just, well, oh, here you go. Here's the ball. Like, no, dude, not everyone is Larry Fitzgerald who scores a touchdown, gives it to ref. No. Nah. He, hasn't, he hasn't won that much. <laughs> Some people want to really bug out and, and enjoy themselves. And it's never been, it's never been something for me personally. And, and a lot of people, like if you're on Twitter and you're watching some of these n- consensus, no one agrees on anything anymore. Everyone agrees that that's terrible. It's only the owners and the and the people in charge because they don't want to be responsible for like all of the shit that may happen after that. You know what I mean? A suspension here or something like that. It's like they just want everyone to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Like, okay. But again, going back to my points, like I didn't I said it's a violent sport. I just meant like it's high energy, like it's a very physical sport. You know what I mean? You're you're playing tackle football. Yeah. Like these guys are going to be animated. These guys are going to be pumped up. Like, you know, excuse me if they get overexcited. Who fucking cares? That's what their job is. There was one hit in the Seattle game. Going back to that, where the DB just like, puts a nice hit on AJ Brown. That was the Reed hit. Yeah, and he just like stands up like yeah, and flag. It's like come on, it's dude. terrible. I think I would imagine. I think that gets corrected. Hopefully, or like maybe. They ease up on some of it, and they kind of enforce. There needs to be more of a playbook. There needs to be more structure to it, because right now it just seems like there's no like. What can I get away with? What can I not get away with? Yes, but yo, at its core, that's what the NFL is too. Let's take a look at those suspensions back in the day, right? Ray Rice, Dante Stallworth, Plaxico Burris. They make these rulings like out of thin air. There's never been a precedent that. Why was it Ray Rice domestic violence got two games, the other guy gets a year? It's like it's it's they they both fall under domestic violence, but it's there there was never a all right weed suspensions. The other one, you get four games, he gets a year right off the bat. It's like there's no yeah, there's nothing to say that all right if you do this motion first down, that's okay. That's, that's okay. You do the spin, that's okay. You stand over, that's okay. But if you get in his face and whatnot, there was an incident in the Raiders Steeler game where one of the linemen was like, "Yo, he spit on me. He spit on me and shit." Like, that's there's different scenarios. Every scenario is different. Need, so need NFL, some structure. Yeah, you need to. You need to be able to. It's just it's like the catch rule, bro. No one knew what a catch was for so long. I, right. I still don't know. It's like the same thing as the vertical rule in the NBA. You just don't know. You don't know. So they need to do a better job of either eliminating that completely and going back to how it was, where they would call someone sportsman likes when it was like, you know, you took off your helmet on the field. You dropped the ball on somebody. Yeah, you threw it at someone, something like that. But for the most part, these ticky-tacky stuff, no one was happy with it. And then you go to to that Chargers-Cowboys game, which, I mean, the, the memes were out of control. There were 20 penalties called in that game. Chargers lead the NFL. Yo, that game was so bad. Chargers lead the NFL in penalties. Justin Herbert, ready for this? 200 plus yards of passing called back because of penalties. Had two touchdowns overturned because of penalties. They had that one call where they called him down when he's backpedaling, which also, by the way, horrible play on his end yeah like there's literally three defenders in front of you throw it away i said he backpedals all the way back then it's like third and he took the sack or whatever well he ended up throwing it away but they called him down yes okay. he was like kind of stiff arming the dude as he's backpedaling 
But then it's like third and goal from the 38-yard line, and they, they kick a field goal there. But the refs had a really bad day, and that Chargers game was very alarming because it was it was bad calls on both sides. But in particular, when you have two touchdowns called back, it's it's a little too much, man. Close to 400 yards of offense for the Cowboys. Total, 200 rushing yards and 230 receiving yards. So... 400 yards total. Yeah. They scored 20 points. Yeah. And one of them was the field goal late. Greg Zerline is now a hero. He's being praised. Last week, they wanted him cut. It's usually, that's the story of Greg Zerline's career, too. It's funny. Ironically enough, I was at the field yesterday with, with Ahmed. He was watching us play football, and he's a big Cowboy fan. And we, we literally were talking about Greg Zerline, how, I'm like, yeah, how you feel about Zerline? He's like, yo, look, he's going to definitely hit like a 60-yard field goal, and we're going to win the game because of him. But he's also going to miss like a 39-yard field goal. A couple hours later, lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. <sighs> that's Who's the better running back, Zeke or Tony Pollard? Pollard? I mean, that was going to be my overreaction last week. bro. I've, he's so much more explosive. I have tweets from like 2018, 2019 saying that he's he's the better running back. Yeah. At first, it started as trolling. Remember I used to tell Ralph and the Cowboys fans, like Cole Beasley? You got a $90 million fullback. Yeah. <laughs> po- All things considered, he looks better. Does he not? Hits the hole harder, faster, more elusive. And it's the same offensive line. It's the same weapons. It's the same offense. One guy clearly looks better than the other. And I think the reason why they're going to continue to ride with Zeke is because of the money there. They don't want to look foolish. And that's how bad teams stay bad. But I'll say this, though. As long as it's working, I mean, their offense is potent. As long as it's working, I don't mind because you're keeping both guys fresh in a way. So it's not the end of the world, you know. Zeke, 16 carries, 71 yards. Tony Pollard, 13 carries, 109 yards. Both scored a touchdown, you know what I mean? I think I think in this offense, it's so high-powered, you'd be able to feed two mouths at the running back position. Not Both of them may not score touchdowns every week, but I think that they're both, from a fantasy perspective, I think both can be relevant. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Zeke's a great blocker. <laughs> He's a great blocker. He is. He's a great blocker. Coming out of college, that was like his most elite skill set, I would say. Yeah. But um, how'd yeah. you feel about the officiating yesterday, though, collectively? I just, I can't stand the taunting shit, man. It's very tough. Um, it's like all these flags are kind of holding the game up. It's, I, I was watching Red Zone, and I feel like every couple of plays, whatever game it was in, there was always just like a flag. It was like slowing the pace down. It's just like, I don't know. Hit the drawing board, Zebras. There was one play on Amari Cooper where the flag came in so late. Yeah. And if you're a DB, I feel as if you can't you can't celebrate until the team starts calling their next play or if the punting unit comes out. Because the flag is just... Dude, being a DB in this modern NFL got to be the second hardest thing to do in sports besides hitting a fastball. Yeah. How do you cover these guys? You're at a disadvantage because you have to backpedal right off the bat. And you, you, can't, you can't press in certain situations. You can't bump after five yards. Yo, anytime, anytime I have a receiver or I have an offense that I have money on or vice versa, if, if I need the defense to get off the field, and it's a third and eight, and the pass gets broken up, or it's an incomplete. I'm just expecting a yellow towel to come in. Oh, a yellow flag. flag to come in. Yeah. 
I just, it's just so crazy. What I've realized is you can't even hit a guy hard anymore. It's different if like you lead with your head or whatever the case is and you're breaking a rule and it's a hard hit. I understand. It's almost to the point now where if it's a big hit, they throw a flag. Oh, there was one on the, the clay pool. Yeah. There was a clay pool hit with the Raiders guy. Yeah. Dude came in and hit him with his shoulder. Laid out Claypool. Yeah. Beautiful hit because he would have caught the ball. Flag. Flag. It's like, come on, dude. And it's like, yo, at the same... And I understand where the league is going. I understand what the league is doing because, you know, all of those concussion issues and all that negative PR seems to kind of have gone away. And, you know, the game is a lot more open and there's a lot more scoring and that's what they want. But to your point, it's very tough to play defense. It's like these receivers are ducking these running backs are ducking they're making a move and you're coming in as fast as you can laying a hit if you sometimes it's not even on the defenders it's not the defenders fault but because of the way that the the ball carrier is making a move then it turns into like a targeting or a helmet hit just because of what the what the running back is doing and it's not even you know there's no control over that so it it's tough but you know the league is. I think the league is like prospering. You know they're they they've got they've gone away from all of the the helmet issues. So yeah, but to what extent though? The the, the diehards are like, what the fuck's this? You know, I think more for the casual fans are like, oh, okay, whatever, cool touchdown, woo, fantasy sports, woo, scoring, more points, offense. You know, and like whatever. If the game is safer, I'm all for it. Um, but it's just tough when when it's you know, at the dude, I can't hear about the game being safer when you make them play on Thursday. Yeah, to me, that's where you kind of lose me there. Yeah, the, the, but it's funny because with the quarterback rule changes in terms of hitting the quarterback, you know, it's that that's making the game safer, and they're doing a lot of that stuff. Well, one of the reasons why also the quarterback is so heavily protected is because he is the key to your franchise and the league and as a whole. And as the well. league, yo, I'll never forget there was a Sunday night football game a couple of years ago where. It was the Saints and the Cowboys, and it was Romo and Breeze were both out. And that's Sunday Night Football. NBC has paid for the rights to that game, and you're getting, like, Jobber A and Jobber B being your quarterbacks. So I get it from that standpoint. For the quarterback, I'm for it because if I'm giving you half a billion dollars and you're Pat Mahomes, they better be playing. I want him out there. I want him protected i get that there are some hits though which are outrageous on the quarterback that get called for like if he's getting hit as he's throwing he gets hit and you call that roughing the passer that's kind of crazy to me too i tweeted yesterday i said joe joe burrow just drew a charge or not a charge he just drew like a foul he was running up the sideline oh i know what play you're talking about flop city bro euro cup italian style yo I understood what he I understand what he did in that scenario because he knew quarterback gets hit, they're gonna get a you know, they're gonna throw the the flag. He got up like he was totally fine. Yeah. He got it like And you saw the the replay, he's like he's sort of tensing up because he knows it's coming and he kind of feeds into it. It's very slight and sudden, but if you watch it in slow motion, because one of the one of the guys on Blue Wire, he's a big he's a big Bears fan, so I saw him go through a thread about that. And he kind of just like goes into it. Yeah. Little flag. Offensive lineman come in like, yo, what the fuck, Quinn? That's like a Chris Paul, like, yeah, you gonna get inside a cup. Uh, so yeah, and and I think the quarterbacks are 
You know, like I think Tannehill got up. Tannehill got hit yesterday in the in the face mask. It wasn't even like a big hit. He just got like the guys. I don't. It was like a weird body angle where like he sacked him or whatever. But like the guy's hand hit his face mask. He got up like nothing was wrong, and he's like, and he and he gets the call. Yo, what about when when there was a video of Villanueva? The left tackle for the, the the Ravens literally just like tries to swipe at one of the DNs. I, I put it on my Instagram. Just kind of swipes at the DN, and then the DN goes in for a, a hit on Lamar. Now they didn't call a penalty there, but it's like I just made a great play. I got by that dude because I don't know what he was doing. I'm gonna get penalized for that. It's what Brady made those comments a couple of weeks ago. In off like, season, it was I think it was an off season. It was right before the season started. That little panel that he had with with the wide receivers Gronk and them, and he was saying how. It's it's becoming very difficult to play defense, and offenses are being rewarded by defensive mistakes, and then defensive defensive teams are being penalized for offensive mistakes. Yeah, yeah. So it's look, man. You can only you can only fool your audience for for so long, but when you're getting the ratings that you're getting, it's it's hard to think that you're doing something wrong. But to what point, though? They're just trying to keep everyone healthy. Because, look, man, fantasy football keeps everyone engaged. To your point, people, these primetime games, people are watching if people are healthy. It's it, it's tough. I understand where they're coming from, but, you know, to what extent? You know, and it's us. We're the diehard fans. We're the ones who are kind of, like, complaining about it left and right, you know, where I'm sure some of the more casual fans, it, they may not even, you know, notice it. Or maybe notice it. Maybe not care as much, I guess. Because the product is being polluted a little bit. All right. As we start to wind down, there's two teams I want to ask you about because they're both 2-0. and The reason why I'm hesitating is, are we sure these are good teams? And it's Denver and San Fran. I want to start with Denver. reason why I ask that is you're 2-0. and You've won both of your games on the road, right? So, tremendous. Bad competition. You've also played the Giants and the Jaguars. Yeah. You also are getting away with not having to play from behind because you're jumping out to big leads. Fact. Um, even though you went down 7 nothing against the Jaguars, and I tweeted out, Jaguars, like, like a loser tweeted out. <laughs> so Jaguars, yeah, man. That's your division. That's your team, uh, your shady pick. Uh, they, I ultimately didn't go with that. You know who I did like a lot was Carolina, and they're 2-0. and Well, that's another team I want to throw into this mix, too, because it's weird because we have a lot of 2-0 and teams, a lot of 0-2 teams. These three 2-0 and teams, I think, stand out to me because Carolina, the Niners, and the Broncos, all of which, in about six weeks from now, we could go back and look at their wins and be like, yeah, they're, they were, weren't that impressive. Yeah, That's how I felt about my biggest concern with that Eagles-San Fran game yesterday was, are we sure Philly's that good, or is Atlanta that bad? I think Philly's better than everyone thought. I said it when Allen was here. Yeah. The offensive and defensive lines are dominant, and you ha- you built the offense around the guy. They got The, the rookies look solid, or the second-year guy looks solid. The rookie looks solid. You know, you have some... You know, they're they're running like two. They're running Gainwell in the backfield as well with Miles Sanders. 
I'm telling you, like I was higher on the Eagles than a lot of people were, just you because were. the offensive line is so good, you and were. you can win games that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're probably gonna lose Brooks. Um, I believe it's a peck, and I think he's on the IR now. It's weird, yo. Have you noticed the IR has gotten really wacky since COVID? Now you could put a guy on IR and they're only out for three weeks. We're in the past, like dudes on Six IR. Six weeks, twelve weeks, right? Yeah, it's like minimum is like an eight week thing. I think the Niners are for real. They have a really good roster. They got the roster is really good. They got hurt. Little weak at corner. Little weak at corner. Yeah. If Debo could be a problem like he is now, and you have Kittle, and you have whoever they put at running back, they're gonna be insane because of that system. Like Shanahan has made like Jeff Wilson was a thing. Jerick Elijah McKinney. Mitchell now. Yeah, I, I know Sermon. Sermon's been off to a rough start. Like he was a very popular long shot rookie of the year pick. Draft him in your fantasy league and wait until like week seven or eight. But inactive week one, big fumble yesterday. Didn't cost them the game because they ended up winning. But you made it more interesting and, and a lot closer. The Niners are in the toughest division in football. Yeah. The other teams are. 2-0, and 2-0, and and then 1-1 one and one in Seattle. And I just don't know what to make of these those two teams and between the Broncos and the Niners. Well, the Niners were in the Super Bowl two years ago before the injuries. So I wouldn't expect anything less. Granted, you know, maybe they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl, but I had them making the playoffs in the offseason or when we did the preview. You know, it's a great team, good defense. Um, when you can run the ball, you can do a lot of different things. Um, Debo is turning into a number one wide receiver. And they haven't even gotten Ayuk going, who's another second-year wide receiver who yeah. was Jimmy is playing year. with a chip on his shoulder. We didn't see any Trey Lance yesterday. And I was surprised because there were a couple kind of like goal line, you know, red zone situations where I thought you would see him. They didn't, which is fine. Um, I think Jimmy has a chip on his shoulder. I think the defense is very good. When this team is healthy, they're a Super Bowl contender, you know? And so I think the Niners are good. Um, and the Broncos, we've said this, great weapons, good O-line, great defense. Your boy, he covers. Teddy covers, baby, again. Another road cover, he's, bro. He's kind of like the per Now, look, I was the big Drew Locke guy. The more I think about it, Teddy Bridgewater is the perfect quarterback for that team. Because he, he doesn't need to do too much, which was something that I, I touched on, on on the preview show about maybe they're going with Bridgewater because they just don't want someone to turn the ball over. Yeah. They want the defense and running game will carry. And the weapons. This, sorry. They have a good offensive line, and they have really good weapons. Granted, Judy got hurt, but they still have some good weapons. It's like – Noah Fant showing out. You know what I mean? They were good tight ends. Fant, Sutton, Hamler, Tim Patrick. <laughs> Another guy who just like scores all Both the time. Both running backs look good. So it's like, uh, you're right. I think don't don't turn it over. He's like the ultimate game manager. You know what I mean? Like completed, completed 26 passes, three, over 300 yards, 125 passer rating, two touchdowns. Dude, I know there's a lot of season left, but I know he's a rookie also. I think Sertan is – he might be a top five corner already, bro. And, look, he hasn't really played Julio Jones and all these guys, but he's been just everywhere, everywhere the ball is. He's just all over the place. And you know what I was thinking about, bro? I asked Don this question. What wide, what wide receiver school do you think is better, LSU or Alabama? 
Like what what school has produced better wide receivers? Would you say? You have the three Alabama guys over the last couple of years. You got Devonta Smith, you got Waddle, and you got Judy. Judy, you got and Rugs, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley, who I didn't name yesterday when I was talking about the Bama guys. And then you look at LSU. You got Landry. You o- got Odell, Odell, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. I think it's Alabama, no? I think it's, it's Alabama close. also. Now, the reason why I bring that up is look at some of the DBs that Alabama has produced. Those dudes in practice are going up against elite wide receivers. You're going up against first-round picks, bro. So that's why Marlon Humphrey comes into the league, baller, all-pro. That's a good point. That's why Patrick Sertain comes in, and he's like, well, I don't care. I'm a rookie. I'm the best corner in the league right now. That's the way he's carrying himself. He's the favorite to win rookie of the year. I know he was in the discussion anyway, but dude is like, yo, I would go up against all these guys in practice. Devontae Smith, all right, next reps, it's uh, it's Henry Ruggs. Or it's it's like it's a lot of talent there. Yeah, that's a good point, man. I didn't even think of that. They're, they're very prepared. They're seeing top talent every, literally every day, not every week. Yeah, seeing every, top practice, they're seeing day. top talent, yeah. You see more talent in practice than you do when you go play Florida and all these other schools. I, I wanted to talk to you about Carolina because I don't believe yet. They, they beat the Jets, not by much. And then they beat the Saints yesterday rather handedly. But, you know, the Saints had missed. They were missing eight coaches yesterday. And they got the COVID flu. And they had that 2000. The, I, sorry, I take not the COVID flu. They got the team was heavily affected by COVID. I, I meant like, you know, a, a bunch of close players. contact. Yeah, shit like that. I didn't yeah, mean yeah. to call it the flu. I just meant like they were dealing with a COVID issue. J- uh, Jameis Winston went to t- 2019. Jameis with one of those picks. Yeah. The one where he spun off the dude, like, oh, trying to dope. get rid of it. And then, like, did a fadeaway kind of, not even fadeaway, fadeaway, like a side jump throw and into triple coverage. I mean, I don't believe it yet, but. I'll tell you this much. They they should start 3-0. and They played the Texans this week on Thursday. Yeah. And now we don't have Ty God, your boy, top 12 to 16. That's what you put him. <laughs> but, <laughs> Mr. 12 to 16. <laughs> Mr. 12 to 16. But, dude, think about it. They're. You're right. They haven't really beat the cream of the crop. But, yo, also, how many good teams are there in the NFL? We don't know yet. Uh, don't and I think yet. that's okay. I, I think the Saints are going to be – I I think the, the, the Saints – I think it was just a fluke. I think they missed eight guys or eight coaches. That's a lot. Eight yeah. coaches. They're missing guys. I just, you know, chalk that up to, you know, whatever. I That's why I also think the Packers are going to show out tonight too because they barely played their starters in the preseason. Yeah. Well, there's always every single team, even the teams that go on to win championships have. And I'm not saying that the Saints are going to win a championship this year, but every single team, no matter what, has a wacky loss on their resume. At always. Some point. All right, like the like the Bucks lost last year to the Bears. Bears made the playoffs last year. I know, but I know. I'm Nick just Nick Foles and, and Trubisky or they lost to Jared Goff and the Rams. Yeah. Granted, made the playoffs. I get it. Former Super Bowl contender. Yeah. But still, it's just like when you look back and, and you see these teams being so dominant, bro, the Raiders beat the Chiefs last year in Kansas City. They had won like 20 straight home games yeah. with Mahomes or some shit. So it's like every team always has like a wacky loss. That might be one where we look back if the Saints do make the playoffs. We're like, damn, how the, how the Panthers beat them? Yeah. But I'm – look. Panthers could be 9-8. and eight. Panthers could be 9-8, and eight, whatever the case bro, is. Bro, the Panthers – the Panthers – at the moment, are first in their division because they have a win in division. Same thing why Washington is in first over Philadelphia because they have an in-division win. 
However, I'm not going to go out and say that they're better than Tampa. I I liked this team a lot coming into the year. I did feel as if I might have been a year early because I want to see their defense play a little better. Which it has, though. It has. J.C. Horn has been a baller, too. Picked the ball off yesterday. And I just think, dude, it's very important. When a guy changes scenery and he's surrounded by talent, he's going to play better. Yeah. He still has a lot of jet in him. Like, he does do some, like, wacky shit. Where he fumbled like, the ball week one or whatever. Yeah, like in a handoff exchange. Like, yo, what is going on? But, yo. You he has him- great weapons around him. Yeah. Dude. And he's and he's perfect for um, Joe Brady offense. He was their offensive coordinator. Who, by the way, great great fade. Whoever his barber is, he's young, Joe Brady. I didn't know he was that young. Oh, yeah. He's like 32, 33. Chains, sick fade, swag. haircut, swag. He'll be a coach soon, too. But great fit for Darnold. Darnold thrives in the short to intermediate passing game. What do you got? You got McCaffrey. You got I know DJ Moore's a burner, but if you get the ball to him in space in the sh- you know short passing game, he can make people miss. So you know McCaffrey on those like option routes out the backfield, like he fits what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? And so happy for him. You know they're two and zero, but you know they got to step on some people's throats. I think uh, granted twenty you know twenty six seven and. They pretty much only scored a touchdown in this fourth quarter. Was the Saints, so it was it was it was out of hand. But I don't really believe in the pa- the Panthers yet. The Broncos, I'm a little bit higher on, so we'll see. And I believe in the defense a lot. You know. Anything else? You want to tell them about the tweet exchange we had Saturday before UFC? What happened to Spawn? <laughs> Span? Span, yeah. He got his shit punched. <laughs> that, but also it was funny how you were like, yo, who do you like tonight in the main event? I was like, I like Smith. And you're like, nah, yo, Span. <laughs> I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, yo, does someone think this kid's phone? Because you rarely, you've never text me about UFC unless it's like, yo, what, are you going to watch it anywhere? Yeah. And then uh, it was it was funny because uh, Anthony Smith won. I'm excited for UFC this week. My dog is back. Big card? Bro, Nick Diaz is back. Who's he fighting? He's fighting Robbie Lawler. Check uh, this they're out. old, right? Check this out. It's a rematch 17 years ago, right? It's also 209 months since their fight. 209 is Stockton, California. 209 is their thing. Nick Diaz, 209. Nate Diaz, 209. It's their hometown. Is, like he, a fa- is he a favorite? It's a pick now. Dude, he hasn't fought in, in six years. Damn. Because of weed. Now it's legal. He got suspended for weed. Which, is he better than his brother? At the time he was. Got it. Yo, Nick Diaz was, fought uh, uh, GSP, um, uh, Anderson Silva. He has the famous thing where he like lays down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They watch in the middle of the octagon. They're, they're fan favorites. A lot of people are coining it the people's main event. I have a big issue, bro, as someone that has never smoked weed. I can't believe that with it being legalized. And even so, even though this was five, six years ago, it was really fucking stupid that he got suspended for six years. He couldn't fight. It was a six years. Well, it's been six years. It's going to be it's like five and a half, five and eight months. Five years, eight months since he's fought. That's terrible considering they're in a fighting sport where they're dealing with pain all the time. And now, now they have partnerships with like CBD. And yeah. now they, I mean, you follow the money, man. You do NFL sports betting. Oh, uh, and red zone yesterday. You saw on the le- left the hand lines? side, oh, over, over and unders. 
second half win uh, point total. I'm like, oh. Follow the money, man. Now, now you love it, huh? Yeah. Before it was, oh, it's a black eye on the league and league integrity. Now you all in. Shouts to Adam Silver, man. Congrats. Adam Silver, the goal for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, you want these revenues to increase. You want to expand the game, XYZ. Where's the money coming in from? Sports betting. Bro. No one would be interested in this Thursday night football game if it wasn't for fantasy football and for gambling. Yeah. Why would you watch Panthers Texans? Just why? Can the Panthers cover? Can the Panthers cover? Can the Texans cover? Can Brandon Cooks get over 80 and a half yards or whatever the fuck his total is going to be? Player props. My fantasy league, like, yo, I got McCaffrey. I got to start David Johnson because my running backs hurt. Like, yeah, bro, that's that's the biggest appeal. We love the NFL, but it's very hypocritical of them. Yeah, well, money's coming in. Money's coming in. They signed the deal with NFL or ESPN signed a deal with DraftKings. I believe so. I believe they're yeah. trying to build they're out all... a sports book. Yeah, yeah, man. Everyone wants it. Everyone wants it. Well, there you have it. Yep. This was fun. Imp, where can they find you? I M P Y seven one eight on Twitter and Instagram. What about you? At Nick Day is 10 is where you can find me. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And uh, yeah, we will catch you guys next time. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com